Welcome to Zichru Daf Simanim Amr by Yeram Goldar and the Rimuzekas Baba Kama Daf Samachov, the six Perika Koines. The six Perika has been generously sponsored by the Klein family as a schus for Rafua Shlema for Gitel Zissel Bas Rachel. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the next mission states If a fire which one lit in his own property crossed a wall four almost high, or Derkarabim or Nar, or a public road, or a river, Pater, he's exempt. The Gemara explains that this reflects Rabbi Yezus' opinion in the next Mishnah, that a space the width of a public road, meaning 16 Amos, is a sufficient barrier for exemption on a fire. Rav says this exemption only applies B'Kolachas, with a rising fire, although B'Nichvefes, but regarding a bent fire, meaning bent by the wind, Afil Admea Amochayv, he's liable even up to 100 Amos. Shmuel says, Masnisim B'Nichvefes, the exemption of our Mishnah refers to a bent fire, although B'Kolachas, Afil Koshim Pater, but regarding a rising fire, even with a minimal barrier, he's exempt. Abraitza supports Rav's view. Pointing me to the next Mishnah states, one lights a fire within his own property, until how far is the fire expected to pass? Four opinions are recorded. The first, Rabbi Lezab and Azariah says, half of a base core. Number two, Rabbi Yezus says, 16 amos, the width of Rosh Rabim, the opinion quoted in the previous Mishnah. Number three, Rabbi Kiva says, 50 amos. And number four, Rabbi Shimon says, based on a Pasuk, it all depends on the fire. The Gemara assumes Rabbi Shimon means he's liable no matter how far the fire traveled. Now this contradicts his ruling in another Mishnah, which requires an oven built into one's house to have four amos of space above it, and an upper story must have three tfachim of plaster underneath. The Tanakhama says he would still be high for any damages, but Rabbi Shimon says, These measurements were only said such that if it damaged, he's pater. Rather, Rabbi Shimon has explained, It all depends on the height of the fire, which determines how far the fire is expected to travel. Shmuel says, Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. And pointing with him, the next Mishnah teaches that if one burned a pile of barley, and there were kalim inside, Rabbi Yudah says he pays for them, and the Chomu say he only pays for the space as if it was barley. The Mishnah concludes that if one sets fire to someone's large tower, and lit the fire in the victim's property, the Chomu agree he pays for hidden items. Because it's the way of people to put things in houses. But the Ghana suggests this Malchokas is only where one lit a fire in his own property, and it spread. But if he lit it in someone else's property, all would agree he pays for hidden items. Rava disproves this from the final cause of the mission and says they argue about both cases. Where one set a fire in his property, the Chamu say he's putter on all hidden items. Where he lit in another person's property, Rebut holds him liable even for an arnaki, a purse, not commonly hidden grain. And the Chamu say, for Kaelin commonly hidden in a grain pile, such as threshing tools, he's chayev, but not for items not commonly hidden there. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, of a fire, which one lit in his own property across the wall four almost high, or Derkharabim or Nar, or a public road, or a river, Pater, he's exempt. The Gemara explains that this reflects Rebeliezer's opinion in the next Mishnah, that a space the width of a public road, meaning 16 Amos, is a sufficient barrier for exemption on a fire. Rav says this exemption only applies B'Kolachas, with a rising fire, although B'Nichvefes, but regarding a bent fire, meaning bent by the wind, Afil Admea Amochayv, he's liable even up to 100 Amos. Shmuel says, Masnisim B'Nichvefes, the exemption of our mission refers to a bent fire, although B'Kolachas, Afil Koshim Pater, but regarding a rising fire, even with a minimal barrier, he's exempt. Abraitza supports Rav's view. Pointing me to the next Mishnah states, If one lights a fire within his own property, until how far is the fire expected to pass? Four opinions are recorded. The first, Rabbi Lezab and Azariah says, half of a base core. Number two, Rabbi Yezus says, 16 Amos, the width of Rosh Rabim, the opinion quoted in the previous Mishnah. 
Number three, Rukiva says 50 yavos. Number four, Rabbi Shimon says, based on a pasuk, a kolafiyadleka. It all depends on the fire. The Gemara assumes Rabbi Shimon means he's liable no matter how far the fire traveled. Now, this contradicts his ruling in another Mishnah, which requires an oven built into one's house to have four amos of space above it, and an upper story must have three tfachim, a plaster underneath. The Tanakhama says he would still be high for any damages, but Rabbi Shimon says, These measurements were only said such that if it damaged, he's pater. Rather, Rabbi Shimon has explained, It all depends on the height of the fire, which determines how far the fire is expected to travel. Shmuel says, Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. And pointing with him, the next Mishnah teaches that if one burned a pile of barley, and there were kalim inside, Rabbi Yudah says he pays for them, and the Chomu say he only pays for the space as if it was barley. The mission concludes that if one sets fire to someone's large tower and lit the fire in the victim's property, the Chamer agree he pays for hidden items. She can because it's the way of people to put things in houses. But the Ghana suggests this Malchokas is only where one lit a fire in his own property and it spread. But if he lit it in someone else's property, all would agree he pays for hidden items. Rava disproves this from the final cause of the mission and says they argue about both cases. Where once had a fire in his property, the Chamu say he's putter on all hidden items. Where he lit in another person's property, Rebut holds him liable even for an arnaki, a purse, not commonly hidden grain. And the Chamu say, For Kalim commonly hidden in a grain pile, such as threshing tools, he's chayev, but not for items not commonly hidden there. All right, so now we get our Simadav Samachov, and our standard Simad is a saw, and we often have a magician doing the saw a person in half trick in the Simad's ear goes. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four Amahai wall, had called the Hakola Fihadleka fire department to come. But they were busy telling an arsonist who lit someone's pile of grain on fire that he was hired to pay for the burned threshing tools that had been hidden there, but not for the burned purse. Once again, in slow motion. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick. Saw a person in half? That must be on duff. Samachov. Saw. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four Amahai wall, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, If a fire which one lit on his own property crossed a wall four Amahai high, or Derech Rabim, or Nahar, or a public road or a river, Pater, he's exempt. There's a Malchogas, Rav and Shmuel, whether the exemption applies to a Kalachas, a rising fire, or to a Nikfefes, a bent fire, referring to a fire bent by the wind. So the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four Amahai wall, had called the Hakola Fihadleika fire department to come, which reminds us, the next mission states, If one lights a fire within his own property, until how far is the fire expected to pass? Four opinions are recorded, the fourth one being Rabbi Shimon, who says, It all depends on the fire, which is explained to mean, It all depends on the height of the fire, which determines how far the fire is expected to travel. Shmuel says, The halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. So the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four high wall, had called the Hakola Fihadleika fire department to come. But they were busy telling an arsonist who lit someone's pile of grain on fire that he was hired to pay for the burned threshing tools that had been hidden there, but not 
for the burnt purse, which reminds us where one set a fire in his property, the Chamin say he's put on all hidden items, where he lit in another person's property. Reuda holds him liable even for an arnaki, a purse, not commonly hidden in grain. And the Chamin say, Kalim should darken the hatim in Bagadish, for Kalim commonly hidden in a grain pile, such as threshing tools, he's chayev, but not for items not commonly hidden there, such as a purse. So once again, the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four Amahai wall, had called the Hakola Fihad Leka fire department to come. But they were busy telling an arsonist who lit someone's pile of grain on fire that he was hired to pay for the burned threshing tools that had been hidden there, but not for the burned purse. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazara. Daphnun Zayn. So the symbol Daphnun Zayn is a nose, and we use a puppet with a very long nose. So here goes. The Shomer Aved who returned a lost puppet with a long nose, lost puppet with a long nose, that must mean we're on Daphnun Zayn. The Shomer Aved who returned a lost puppet with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, which reminds us where Belazar rules the cold Srikhan Das Balim, every item being returned, such as a stolen item or a picadon, requires the owner's awareness that it was returned. Otherwise, he's still responsible for it. Chutz, Mahashava Saved, except for returning a lost item, which may be returned without the owner's knowledge. Shreib Sabot Torah Hashavah's Harbe, because the Torah included many types of returning. So the Shomer Aveda who returned a lost pup with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, recalling that the last time he was a Shomer Aveda and swore that the lost item was stolen by an armed robber, ended up making Mechaev to pay Kefal. Which reminds us, Rav Yosef said, a tone time is least in where one makes a claim that a lost item that he found was stolen by an armed robber, which is an onus, for which even a Shomer Sacher is pater, he pays double for falsely claiming so. Although one only pays Kefal for a claim of theft by a gun of, one who steals secretly, and not a Gaza one who robs openly through force, Rav Yosef holds that an armed robber since he hides from people, he's classified as a gunov. So the Shomer Aved who returned a lost pup with a long nose to the owner's secure garden without the owner's knowledge, recalling that the last time he was a Shomer Aved and swore that the lost item was stolen by an armed robber, ended up making him chayev to pay kefal. Over at someone who rented a cow say he would pay for the stolen cow and not swear, knowing if the thief gets caught. He'll receive kefal, which reminds us, if someone rented a cow and it was stolen, and instead of swearing to exempt himself, he said, I shall pay and not swear. And the thief was later found, He pays kefal to the renter because by paying for it voluntarily, he acquires the stolen cow. So the simmer Ches is Noach Goldberg, the zookeeper. So here goes. When Noach Goldberg, the zookeeper, Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper, that must have been more Ches. When Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he knows someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, which reminds us two reasons are given as to why the concept of Mavriach Ari Chabero chasing a lion away from someone's property, where one does not collect benefits from the property's owner because he was performing a mitzvah in protecting the property, does not apply where a sheep fell into someone's garden and the produce cushioned the fall. Number one, Mavriach Ari is done medaito knowingly, whereas the owner of the garden saved the animal from injury unknowingly. And secondly, Mavriach Ari does not suffer a loss by chasing away the lion, whereas this one suffers a loss of his produce's damage, and therefore he may collect the animal's benefit. So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he knows someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, which reminds us it was taught that if someone's animal fell into a garden and ate produce, he pays for its benefit but not the full damages. Rakhana says this is only true for that bed onto which it fell. Rashi explains the animal could not restrain itself from consuming that bed. 
of a aruga aruga, but if it went from one row to another row and it ate there, Mishalemis Masha Hazika, it pays for what it damaged because the owner is negligent for not removing it. Rabbi Yochanan says that even if the animal went from one row to another all day, the owner would still only pay its benefit until it leaves the garden and returns with the owner's knowledge. So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he noticed someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, while the homeowner was busy assessing the damage as part of a larger area. Which reminds us, the Mishnah Duff Nun Hayama Base taught that where an animal damaged produce in a field, the damage is not assessed according to the value of the produce, but according to the field's loss in value. Furthermore, the assessment is not made for the specific area of damage, but is part of a greater area of a base saw of land. Where Masim provides the source, Ubir Bisteacher, and it consumes in the field of another. This teaches that they assess the damage based on another larger field. The more brings different opinions as to how the price of a base saw is evaluated. Dafnun test. So the similar Dafnun test is a knight. So here goes. The knight in shining armor. Knight? That must be more on Dafnun test. The knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly spread of grain, which reminds us of Raisa Nun Chesam Beis discussed assessing Chazis, newly spread of grain which was eaten by one's animal. Rabbi Yosef Glili said, It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chami said we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they fall the grain's current value. So the knight in shining armor was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, which reminds us the Bryce had taught that if an animal ate smadar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more establishes that Rabbi Shimon Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they argue about kachash gufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. So, the knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine. Because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows to fan the flame, which reminds us, if one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is chayev. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is liable. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are exempt. Daf Samach, so the similar Daf Samach is smiley face stickers. So here goes. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker, smiley face sticker, that must be more Daf Samach. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, which reminds us of Bryce's states that if one fanned the fire and the wind fanned it, if the person's fanning was sufficient to spread the fire, he's chayev, but if not, he's putter. The one that it should be like one who winnows on Shabbos and the wind assists him by blowing away the chaff, where he's chayev for being machal Shabbos. So first three answers are given as why he's not responsible for blowing on the fire. The first one being, he fanned the fire from the opposite side as the wind, and so he did not contribute to the fire at all. Ravashi answers that the liability for winnowing with the assistance of wind is specific to Shabbos, the Malachas Machshabbos Asur Torah, where the Torah prohibited purposeful work, whereas damage inflicted to the wind is considered indirectly caused, and one is exempt for mere causative damage.
So the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face took her from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky. Outside a house, Rejus made sure not to leave the entrance, which reminds us. Rabbi Yosef taught a brisa about a pus regarding Machas Bechoros. And you, referring to the Jews, shall not leave the entrance of the house until morning. It explains, Once permission has been given to the destroying force to destroy, it doesn't distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Therefore, Jews would be endangered if they would leave their homes. So the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky. Outside a house where Jews made sure not to leave the entrance, while three warriors risked their lives running through them on a mission to find the psak on three shilas for their king. Which reminds us, the Gemara analyzes an incident in which Dabur had a craving for water from Beis Lechem, which it interprets to mean that he sought the Sanhedrin's ruling on a halakha question. Three warriors risked their lives breaking the camp of the police team to obtain a resolution, and David objected to their doing so. Amram discussed what his inquiry was, and three opinions are brought. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of ten questions. Number one, which stuff about three warriors of David who risked their lives and ran through a camp of the police team to bring a shaila to the Sanhedrin? That's on Duff. Samach. Good number two. Which talking about four cases which are put to bedine adam, the high bedine shemaim, one being breaking down someone's weakened wall, allowing an animal to escape. That's on Dav. Good number three. Which stuff do we discuss whether the exemption for a fire that crossed the barrier is with a kalakas, a rising fire, or a nikfefes, a bent fire, a fire bent by the wind? That's on Dav. Samachov. Good number four. Which of the one that one is not chayef if he fans a flame in the opposite direction of the wind? That's on Duff. Samach. Good number five. Which of the one that chayef hold that if someone lit a fire in another person's property, they're chayef on tools that are usually placed there in a grain pile, but not for a purse? That's on Duff. Samachov. Good number six. Which stuff do we discuss the exemption of Mavriach Arimenich versus an animal falling into someone's garden? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which stuff do we discuss climb of sea creatures and a wagon pulled together by a goat and a fish? That's on Duff. Good number eight. Which stuff do we that striking an animal causing it to move is a form of Mashicha? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which of the one Rabbi Shimon holds with regard to how far a fire can travel is Hakola Fiha Dreka, that's on Dav. Samachov. Good, and number 10, which of the one that one who is towing Tainus leasing the Zuyan claims that a lost object was stolen by armed robbers pays Kful, that's on Dav. Nunzain. Excellent, that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Rumpelthar from Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.